from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present a special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live for April 7th, 2022. Tonight, we review the national semifinals with guest hosts, Associate Commissioner of the NCHC, Michael Weissman. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, college graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Two locations in Arizona, six in Colorado. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Buy Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive. Natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates. Whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your next stay at druryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-INN. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Michael Weitzman. All right, welcome in hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans as it may be, NCHC and CCHA hockey fans. Um, the NCAA Frozen Four semifinals just completed. Scott Strandy with you live tonight from Boston, Massachusetts. My uh, special guest host coming down an elevator uh, shortly. Michael Weissman will be joining me, the Associate Commissioner of the NCHC, to uh, recap these two games. Um, and Michael's coming through the door as we as we sit in the bowels of uh, <laughs> of the uh, TV gardens with no lights, but <laughs> but we do have a spot. So uh, as Michael searches for the lights, I've done that same thing for the past 30 minutes and have had no luck whatsoever. Uh, so anyway, uh, I am uh, I am perched and ready to go as uh, it's been a long day, folks. <laughs> I think Michael and I both arrived in Denver about the same or uh, Boston about the same time. We showed up uh, at uh, about 2 a.m. at Logan Airport. Um both of us working on just a few hours of sleep and uh now we're going to try to do a wrap-up podcast for you to see how uh uh we can tell you what the national championship game looks like um man it, two incredible hockey games one a little lopsided and and my co-host just found the light switch fantastic so <laughs> as we get set to go um We'll uh, we'll break it down for you here, but um, I can tell you two things. Number one, the NCHC has a team in the national championship again. Um, I don't know. Michael will know six times in a row, six straight times. He tells me um, as Denver outlasts uh, Michigan uh, in a game that many many thought were going to be much more. Uh, um, uh, High scoring, I think. It ends up 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Carter Savoy does what Carter Savoy does and scores big goals. Uh, the game that just ended, uh, Minnesota State manhandled Minnesota after falling down one nothing. It was a 5-1 game. So let me welcome in my co-host, Michael. Are you awake, first and foremost? 
I am. Thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, it's good to be doing this from the bowels of TD Garden. I'm glad we both managed to make it to Boston uh, in the wee hours of uh, this morning, I guess. But it's good to be here. Obviously, it was uh, great to see uh, our pioneers, our Denver advance in the first semifinal. And as you said, uh, Minnesota State looked really strong in that second semifinal. So looking forward to a great championship on Saturday. Okay, before we start digging into these games, I, <laughs> you were gracious enough to set me up with uh, Josh today to do a great interview, which was a lot of fun. Then you come down to visit me, and you're wearing this great hoodie. And I'm going like, I want that hoodie. I want the picture taken. You're telling me that you can buy that hoodie. And so uh, I put a picture of it out. I said, let me take a picture. You go, no, 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 you can't. And I said, yes, I'm going to because I want that hoodie out there. I put it out. Guess who texted me tonight when he found out you were going to be my co-host? It was Coach Peter Menino. And he says, uh, if you would, ask, ask Michael Weissman which coach in the NCHC loves swag more. So, uh, so I'm going to ask him right now, which coach is it, Michael? I think uh, Mr. Menino takes the cake. I mean, he's he's made the rounds in the NCHC, been to a couple schools, and uh, he's a great coach, great guy. But he's certainly not afraid to uh, to uh, raid the NCHC uh, closet, so to speak, when he comes to visit the office and stock up on some new gear, which which we appreciate him representing. So I know he's a big big supporter of the NCHC, and we're glad to have him back in the conference at CC. Um, so yeah, he was actually texting me a little bit earlier tonight about not not so much about gear, but just some facts about the NCHC that he can help promote. So giving Peter a little bit of a hard time. But yeah, no, uh, you, you caught me. I wasn't expecting to get my picture taken this morning. I was just coming to be friendly and uh, rocking the NCHC sweatshirt from Unreal. So I'll plug our, uh, our, our fan shop partner, Unreal. So Unreal, U-N-R-L dot C-O, uh, if you want to check it out, or, or uh, NCHC fan shop or NCHC shop dot com, excuse me. Uh, would also do the trick, uh, but yeah, yeah. You took took my picture. I was I was wearing slippers this morning. I wasn't wasn't really ready to uh, to have my picture taken, but I'm glad you could plug our our nice looking sweatshirts. Okay, so I pulled back the curtain on it because, as we mentioned in the open, um, we both arrived here in Boston about two in the morning. Uh, you were able to go to your hotel. I was spending the five and a half hours waiting to check into my hotel. Um, so I got like three and a half hours of sleep. I wandered over, did a great interview with Josh, which turned out really good, uh, and then wandered over here. And I've been here at uh, TD Gardens since, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. And then the first game goes to overtime, and I'm going like, oh, goodness. I think we texted each other and said, this could be uh, very much a, a midnight-plus uh, type of podcast. But uh, it's over with. Um, let's, so, so let's break it down. Uh, the Denver Pioneers um, outlasted Michigan. I think we all thought it was going to be a high-scoring affair. Turns out to be a 3-2 game. Um, your thoughts on what you saw? Uh, it was a very exciting game. Uh, first period was a little, maybe a bit, a bit of a feeling out period. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of great chances, I didn't think, either way. Uh, I don't think Michigan even got their first shot on goal until the last four to five minutes of the first period. So Denver was really doing a good job of, of keeping their D back and making sure Michigan couldn't get those odd man rushes and use their speed that they're really known for. Um, Denver got that, that first goal, which I think was huge, gave them a little bit of momentum uh, heading into the, the intermission there. Uh, second period seemed to open it up a little bit more. Uh, Michigan started to generate more chances uh, in, in the second period there. Uh, did, did tie it up, um, pulled it even after two. And then uh, third period seemed kind of back and forth both ways. Um, I thought Krona had some big saves to keep him in at Portillo. Uh, Portillo, uh, Portillo, I believe. Uh, certainly had some huge saves for Michigan. Denver, uh, especially in the latter part of that third period, was starting to, to crank it up again and thought they might get the game winner in regulation after, after Michigan tied it again at two. Uh, but Portillo came up with some big saves. Uh, I think he had 20, 20 plus saves uh, at the end of regulation there. And, and Denver had almost doubled up Michigan on shots to regulation. So uh, it was good to see the Pioneers keeping the pressure on them. And then uh, you get to overtime. And, and again, Michigan, you know, seems to ramp up the energy there at the beginning of overtime really was keeping Denver hemmed in their zone. And, and that's where Krona really shined and came up with a huge save uh, kind of around the midway uh, mark, I think, of overtime, maybe a little earlier than that. And um, ultimately, a little, a couple minutes later, it, it led to the odd man rush or the rush the other way, and, and Savoy scores the game winner. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the game lived up to the hype. Maybe a few less goals than people were thinking. I know I heard some six five, five four, you know, ten goal game type predictions, and you know they were the the number one and number three offenses in the country. So that's to maybe be expected. But it is a frozen four game, so you got to remember teams are going to be a little more conservative, play a little tighter, uh, harder checking, and 
uh, goals are much tougher to come by. So uh, certainly we're excited uh, as an NCAA, uh, an employee of the NCHC to have uh, Denver plan for the title on Saturday. Well, let me tell you a couple things. I talk with uh, David Clark quite frequently, and I asked him about the improvement in his team, expecting him to tell me, yeah, from, from start of the season till now, we, we've been improving. He said, he looked me right in the eye. He said, Scott, I think we uh, have improved the most from the frozen faceoff to the regional. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. He said, uh, our guys have a little team meeting after the uh, frozen faceoff, and they said, this isn't acceptable. It's not acceptable at Denver. It's not acceptable for us. And if we want to keep playing, we've got to change the way we play. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, so I asked him to elaborate on it over the last couple of weeks. And he said, I had to change what we were doing, our game plan a little bit, because I knew that UMass Lowell and Duluth would be the same virtually style of game. So I did. And then uh, after they won the regional in Loveland, I said, so now you got a different animal in Michigan. And he said, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some changes. Well, lo and behold, um, I went to a practice. I, I was watching the practice. I didn't really pick up a lot. But uh, tonight, afterwards, Coach Carl said, um, we worked an awful lot on uh, stick possession, keeping, not, keeping the passing lanes blocked, but also uh, riding players off the puck. Um, angling is what the term that he used. So um, I don't know what this guy has to do to win a national coach of the year, but what he's done, Michael, I just can't believe he, he's not higher up in those ranks. And, and I don't know if it's his age or what it is, but um, man, what, what a coaching job he's done this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have a lot of great coaches in the NCHC, but Coach Carl has certainly done a, a phenomenal job this season. He, he was a finalist for the NCHC Coach of the Year, which is voted on by coaches and media, and uh, you know went to Coach Barry, also very deserving. They both won the Penrose Cup, and uh, I know David didn't win uh, National Coach of the Year. That actually went to the uh, the coach he'll face on Saturday, Coach Hastings, who won it for the second straight year. Uh, also very deserving. He's done great things with that team. But yeah, to see what uh, David's been able to do, you know, they, they were they struggled a little bit last year, uh, probably underachieved last year. They didn't make the NCAA tournament for the first time in uh, 12-ish years, I think, something like that. It had been a while. Um, and, and so I think as a team, they were probably frustrated. I'm sure David was, was frustrated as well. And um, for them to be able to come back, they obviously brought in a really strong freshman class. Um, but all those returning guys, Cole Gutman, Bobby Brink, uh, Carter Savoy, who had a great freshman year last year, you know, they all raised their game and have really helped lead this team. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see David making those adjustments and adjusting to the, you know, more defensive teams versus the, you know, more offensive, higher paced teams. And, um, you know, going back to that frozen faceoff when he said they've improved the most from that. I mean, sometimes it's weird how a loss can really help you, right? I mean, you know, you always want to win the game, but sometimes maybe it's good to lose right before your most important game, because otherwise, you know, if they would have played, if they would have beaten Duluth in the frozen face off and then had to play him again in the regional final, you know, yeah. do they beat him again? Uh, it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's certainly it was a toss up game either way, but um, it is kind of funny how sometimes losses can really change your focus, kind of re regroup the team. And uh, it sounds like that, that maybe helped them out in the long run. Well, as you know, I spent a lot of time around that team and uh, I, I was worried to be, be honest with you, the frozen face off. I was worried about their focus. I asked coach Carl about that. I said, you've been mixing up your lines a lot. I said, is there any particular reason why you're doing that towards the end of the season? Cause you seem to be having really good success. And he said, um, well, I, I want to make sure when we get to one and done time that I have guys that are familiar with playing with everybody. And I'm going like, goodness, where did that come from? Um, so anyway, you saw them mixing up again today. And at the frozen faceoff, Ryan Barrow moved up to the top line. Carter Savoy moved down, if you will. Uh, when I watched Denver play, and I, I said the same thing again tonight, uh, I can't tell line one, two, three, or four because they're so similar. And a lot of that's got to do with the, uh, they do play with each other. So is that unusual in the NCHC from what you see? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I'm not paying super close attention to, to line changes from game to game so much. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I'm super familiar with that. Um, I would think it's not super common to be constantly tinkering with your lines, but I'd also say it's not uncommon for a guy to shift up a line or down a line, especially if, you know, not that Denver had been struggling, but if a team has, you know, lost a couple games, I think it's pretty common for coaches to want to mix it up and try and find some new pairings. So, um, you know, it's hard to say, but I think that's, it's a really good, good, you know, looking ahead on, on David Carl's part to make sure his guys are prepared. If a guy gets hurt and they need to shift, you know, shift lines around guys are used to playing each other. So, you know, I think there's, 
uh, definitely something to be said for, you know, having guys prepared, having guys, you know, playing with different guys um, so that they are ready uh, whenever they're called upon. I'm going to ask you this one too, because uh, some guys have stood out to me and, and I'm sure you've seen them on the ballots and everywhere else, but uh, uh, at Denver, Cameron Wright was the only grad transfer they took in. Uh, I've talked about this uh, all year long. They vetted him very, very hard. He was the first guy to come in and pass his conditioning test. He went right to work. I don't think he's been home since June. He stayed right through and, and worked out with the strength and conditioning coach and, and then right into the season. So Cameron Wright told me um, at his years at Bowling Green, he said, you know, I never touched a trophy as a collegiate player. Um, until I got to Denver, then I touched and held the uh, gold pan and then the Penrose and the uh, regional uh, tournament, no trophy really, but just a move on site type thing. So he said, I'm just waiting to get a, uh, my hands on the big trophy, which is the one that they're going to play for Saturday night. So that's part one. Part two of that question is, um, or comment, I guess I'm probably rambling on more than that, but, um, Magnus Corona all of a sudden has locked in. I think since the frozen face off, he has locked in and been one of the best goaltenders. You look at his numbers, he comes into the frozen four, probably with the worst goaltending numbers of any of the four goaltenders, but yet he's locked in and he gets the job done. And, and boy, his teammates appreciated him tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to, to your first part about uh, Cameron Wright, I mean, he's obviously been an amazing fit for Denver. He's fit right in. Uh, I believe it was his 22nd goal of the season he scored tonight. A uh, huge goal for them. He had a big goal in the in the regional uh, in the regional as well. Uh, I believe that was uh, the first game against Lowell, if I'm not mistaken, the game winner he had there. So uh, it, it's it's kind of funny how he's really flown under the radar. I mean, they have you know the they have. I mean, people talk about the depth Michigan has. I mean, Denver has plenty of depth and skilled guys. We've named some of them in Gutman and and uh, Brink and Savoy and Benning, and the list can go on. But uh, I mean, for, for Wright to be their second leading goal scorer, I think Savoy passed him again with uh, the game winner in OT for 23. But uh, for Wright to have 22 goals, I mean, that's unreal to come into his first season with a new team and be able to, to fit right in and, and fit in with his line mates and, and contribute like that. I mean, we only allow coaches uh, to nominate up to three forwards for all conference teams. So he wasn't even like nominated for all conference, but you also have guys like Brett Stapley who aren't nominated for all conference because they're just, they're so deep and talented guys putting up, you know, 20 goals. I think Stapley's up, up close to 20 as well. So um, it's great to see Cameron come in. And, and like you said, Denver obviously did their homework and made sure they, they brought in a guy who they felt comfortable with and who fit in with their system. Uh, to your, to your second player that you mentioned, Magnus Corona. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think he's been a little bit up and down uh, last year. I would say kind of to, to what I said earlier about their whole team. I think their whole team in general was kind of disappointing. I think he had probably a pretty disappointing down year. His numbers were probably not as good as he would have liked. He was an all rookie team member his freshman year. And then, you know, like I said, last year, sophomore year, it was a little bit of a down year as a team and, and him. Um, and so, yeah, to see him bounce back was good. Uh, he was a little bit up and down. His numbers were kind of middle of the pack, I think, in the NCHC throughout the season. But as you said, he's really locked in uh, since that frozen faceoff. He's came up with some some huge saves uh, against Minnesota Duluth in the regional final. And as I mentioned again tonight, he, his biggest save probably came in, in overtime. But um, he certainly had some other ones uh, when Michigan was making pushes throughout regulation. So it's it's always great to have a guy you can count on uh, in the back there. And, and certainly you want him peeking at the right time. Well, I'm going to get hate mail on this one, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't mean to discredit two of the four teams here, but um, what I've seen at Denver and what I know from uh, knowing Coach Mike Hastings for 30 years, and I mean way back to his days when he was a assistant coach at an uh, ACHA or junior college team in Crookston, Minnesota, um, what I've noticed between these two schools, and I'm sure there are other ones, but I'm just talking about the four and the frozen four. Denver has told me to a man since September that uh, winning the national championship is what it's all about. David used the, uh, David Carl used the, uh, the words expectations. He said, here at Denver, it's an expectation that we win a national championship. He brought it up again tonight. He said, we beat Michigan. So now we have a chance to close the gap to make it nine championships versus nine championships. It's not done yet by a long stretch, but, but we know that. Um, but anyway, the, the idea is they, they like having the Penrose. They like having the gold pan. They'd like to win the frozen face off. 
but the big one is where they set their goal at. Okay, same thing at Minnesota State. They, uh, they have the same type of program. They're the, the little brother, if you will, to Minnesota and to Minnesota Duluth and to maybe even St. Cloud. So their, their goal is we want to win a national championship. Last year they got to the Frozen Four, um, lost out to St. Cloud State. Um, this year they get to the Frozen Four. They win that first game, and now they're in the title game. So their eye is on the prize. Here's where it gets interesting. We both know that Michigan and Minnesota have a number of NHL draft picks. And I, I brought this up on the podcast uh, three times in the last week. Um, is there a chance that they could have perhaps been focused or distracted by NHL contracts? Because when you come here to the big scene in the big NHL rink, everybody wants to know what are these number one draft picks going to be like as professionals? If that seems to take it off, so um, to capsulize that whole thing, what I say is we have the two best college-oriented hockey teams playing for a national championship. You being in the best conference in college hockey, how important is that for the college, and I'm using air quotes, uh, game to, to see two teams that really want to win that big prize first and foremost and develop players along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot there. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I certainly, you know, I don't want to discredit what Denver did, right? I mean, to say that the Michigan was looking, you know, their guys were looking ahead. I think that maybe discredits what what yeah. Denver did, right? I mean, I think Denver's talent is maybe not, you know, they don't have four first rounders like Michigan has, but they certainly have second rounders and, and some other guys who are certainly uh, very talented. But to your point, I mean, I, I think it's hard for uh, you know, teams like Michigan and Minnesota to to avoid those distractions because when they go to a press conference every time, it's like, so, you know, have you talked to this team? Have you talked to your agent? Or, you know, if you lose this game, what, you know, what's your plan for next season or what are you doing right after it? So, um, you know, it's, it's a little unfortunate, maybe unfair to even those guys. They're trying to play for, you know, I'm sure they wanted to win the national championship, if not as bad, almost just as bad as Denver and Minnesota State, right? You don't, I mean, I'm sure they did. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's totally fair to those guys, but yeah, I'm sure it's distracted when you're a first round pick and I'm sure the NHL team is reaching out to you and your agents reaching out to you and you got the media asking you all the time, what are you doing? What are your plans? And I'm sure it's in the back of their mind somewhere that, you know, they know they're going on to the NHL sooner rather than later. So, um, I think there's something to that, but I, I don't know that it's fair to say that Minnesota state and Denver wanted it more than Michigan or Minnesota. You know, I, I don't know if that's fair to, to those guys. It's certainly the emotions that both teams have showed, showed that they wanted it pretty badly. So, um, you know, I don't know that that it's totally fair to say that, but I do think there's something to that aspect of just being asked about the NHL and, and sure. when you're a first round pick, it's gotta be kind of in the back of your mind, you know, at all times, there's expectations that you have to live up to. Um, you know, like I said, you got your agent, you got all these people that are, that are watching you. So I think it, uh, it can be tricky, but I think to your point about Minnesota state and, and Denver is you see a little bit, maybe more experience on those teams. Um, whereas Minnesota and Michigan, maybe a little bit younger, relying maybe more on their freshmen and sophomores um, who don't have some of that experience, especially playing in some of these bigger games. Whereas like you said, Minnesota state was in the frozen four last year. Denver hasn't been since 2019, but uh, guys like Cole Gutman played in that game and had a big game against UMass. So they at least have, little bit of experience and they also have you know plenty of seniors they brought in a guy like cam Wright, like we mentioned magnus crone is a junior ryan barrow's a fifth year magnus crone has been a starter for three years now so they have plenty of guys who have been around the block who are veterans that they've you know they think they've done a good job of mixing in the freshmen the carter mazer and massimo rizzo and divine and um, all the great young guns that they brought in along with the brett stapley's and the guys that have been around the program for a long time so um, and that's not to say that Minnesota and Michigan don't have guys like that, because I, I mean, the guys that were in Michigan's press conference that I saw were, were, were their senior leaders and, and certainly seemed like great leaders. So I'm not trying to say that, but I think to your point and maybe a little bit of what you were saying is it helps to have kind of some of that senior leadership guys that have developed, have been through a program and aren't maybe one in one or two years and done or one foot out the door when they get there. I think I even saw a note that Denver, among the four teams here, Denver, has the most freshman points and the most points from seniors. So that kind of tells you right there, they've got plenty of young uh, talent, but also plenty of, of senior guys who've, who've been there and done that, so to speak. Okay, two things out of the Denver thing, then we'll jump up and uh, get Minnesota State and get you out of here because you got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, um, uh, from the Denver press conference, I don't know, were you in the Denver press conference? Okay. So uh, you heard David Carl say he's a little frustrated with people talking about his age. Uh, he's, he's a young coach. He's 32. But um, <laughs> somebody asked him in the press conference whether his young age helped him relate to his team better. Um, I think he gave an answer that was really good. He said, no. <laughs> I actually liked his answer before that one, not, not, not to mock the reporter, but about half the room chuckled or giggled a little bit. Uh, and I mean, the reporter was certainly asking a serious question, but uh, when everyone in the room kind of laughed uh, and the reporter tried to clarify that it was, it was a serious question, yeah. David kind of said, well, the room laughed. And so I think that was even maybe a better answer than just saying no as well. The room answered the question for you. So uh, I know David is not thrilled about that. I think when I was at the regional final, he got called a spring chicken, which I don't believe made him very happy. Understandably, it did not make him very happy either. Uh, I mean, he is a relatively young coach, but he's also in his fourth season at the helm. And he's also, he was an assistant at Denver for, I think, five or six years yes. prior to that. And was in a student assistant before that. So he's certainly not new to the coaching profession. He's played, he, you know, he led his team to the Frozen Four his first year as head coach. He also won a national title as an assistant in 2017. So he may be young in age, but he certainly has a fair amount of experience uh, as a coach. And, and one thing I forgot to mention, you were talking about uh, his press conference when he mentioned winning nine national titles. I thought it was bold of him to even, he even said, Ten, want to win 10 yes. national titles and, and made a point of saying beat Michigan to 10 national titles. So to your point about that's the expectation, clearly that's where his thought at is uh, winning two more national titles before Michigan gets one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing I picked up on was Ryan Barrow. Somebody asked him about his experience uh, playing in a national championship game. And he said, uh, well, mine didn't last very long. I got kicked out after seven minutes in. <laughs> so he, uh, he said, I can't give you much experience from that one, but this one will be better. Well, was that Barrow in the, in the Frozen Four, you mean? Because yeah. they, they didn't play in the championship in, in 19. Uh, no, I think he was talking about way back in 17 when they won it. Um, cause he was a freshman then and he, really? and he got out. He, yeah. Yeah. He came back for his fifth year. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I he commented on it anyway, yeah. in, in the fact that I'm not sure what it was, but, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think we have to, but anyway, I thought his comment was good. He said, I got kicked out in the last one after seven minutes. So I don't have many much experience on that. Uh, I thought that was kind of comical as well. Um, so anyway, we know the matchup now. It's Denver. It's Minnesota State. Um, Minnesota State, not to take anything away from what they did. They put up five goals on the Gophers tonight, but it all starts with Dryden McKay. And uh, <laughs> the only goal he gave up was a 2-on-0. And I would guess that there's not a goaltender anywhere that's going to stop a 2-on-0. Yeah, no, that the the uh, first goal by Minnesota, I don't yeah, like you said, I don't think any goalie was stopping that. That was a 2 on 0 all the way from pretty much the red line in. So they had about four four back and forth passes there. It was a very nice goal, but yeah, after that he really shut them down. I mean, the whole Minnesota State team really I think started to take over. I mean, I think they ended up almost doubling up Minnesota on shots. I'm not even sure Minnesota got 20 shots on goal in the game. So, um, you know, it helps when you have a solid defense in front of you. But yeah, McKay's been stellar all season. He's uh the Richter Award finalist he's a Hobie Hattrick finalist for a reason he's been one of the best goaltenders in college hockey for four or five years now and uh, I think he owns the career wins record career shutouts record both one of those I'm not quite sure but he's I think he's, got he's setting setting all sorts of records so it'll be a, it'll be a different challenge I think for Denver on Saturday compared to, to Michigan uh, in terms of probably maybe a little bit more like a Minnesota Duluth than uh, maybe more the high-flying high-scoring uh team that you saw in Michigan um, that they played today. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's the matchup Saturday night, 730, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, ho <laughs> hopefully it stays on ESPN too. <laughs> don't, get me, don't get me started. <laughs> I know there was a lot of frustration today, folks, and uh, believe me, it was heard loud and clear everywhere. Um, the, uh, the way, the, if you haven't heard, what happened was the first game was on ESPN too. At the end of regulation, when it went to overtime, ESPN jumped out and said, hey, uh, the overtime is going to be on ESPNU. Well, the problem with that is ESPNU is not in a lot of cable packages. It's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, but then they leave you out, and that's a special price. So a lot of people were caught unaware. I know the Denver people were sending me messages like I was uh, running ESPN. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think we should blame Rob Manford for this one, to be honest, because the, the whole reason it got booted was tonight Tonight was the opening night of Major League Baseball, which, as most sports fans know, it shouldn't have been the opening night of Major League Baseball. That should have been a week and a half or so ago, right? But thanks to the MLB strike, uh, it got delayed to tonight, and so, of course, ESPN wanted to put the opening night of Major League Baseball on uh, ESPN2, and so the second semifinal was already already had gotten booted off of ESPN2 onto ESPNU, even though it was supposed to originally be on ESPN2 as well. And then, like you said, once the game went went uh, beyond its allotted time window, unfortunately, it also got the boot to ESPNU. So uh, we understand the fans' frustration there. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have a whole lot of say in, in how, how that programming decision is made. Let me tell you this. So I sold some sweatshirts for you at the beginning of the show. I'm going to sell some subscriptions to nchc.tv because I can guarantee you folks that would not happen on nchc.tv. So, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, that's the championship game coming up. Um, I'll wrap things up. I'll let Michael go. He's got some stuff he's got to do. He's got a real job. He can't, he can't just be hanging around with me until midnight or later. Uh, so anyway, Michael, I appreciate your time. I appreciate letting me take the photo to sell that uh, sweatshirt for you. Get some sleep. I'll be back here bright and early. I think Denver's on at 11.15 for practice tomorrow. So I will be back to make sure I don't miss anything because that's, uh, that's something I never want to do. As you can tell, that's why I drive the country. They have a press conference tomorrow too, right? So I'm sure we'll get some more good sound bites from Coach Carl and uh, whichever players they decide to bring to the podium. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who they bring out there. They're all good stuff. But the press conference tonight didn't even involve Cole Gutman or Bobby Brink or Auntie Chuamisto or all these names that we just keep throwing out. And, and you, you go, man, this team is loaded. But they do have a matchup uh, on Saturday that will be one that will be probably as most challenging, if not the most challenging. They've been number one almost all year long. It's going to be a matter of who gets that uh, Bruins locker room now. Do you know? Uh, I believe it would go to uh, Minnesota State if if they want. They are they are the higher seed than Denver. They are the number two overall seed. Denver was the number four overall seed. So Minnesota State will be the home team Saturday night. I don't know if uh, I'm in Michigan. Will obviously be moved out of there. They probably are already moved out of there. So it's usually it's up to the, the the higher seed if they want to move locker rooms or not. They may be superstitious and feel like hey we just won in this. Uh, they're probably in the visitors locker room, so they might feel like hey we're good in the visitors locker room. We don't want to jinx it. Plus, it's a lot of work to move all those skates and jerseys and everything. So I wouldn't be shocked if they stick with the locker room they're in. But they, they usually they would have the option to move into the Bruins locker room if they wanted to. Okay, I'm going to give you the final word to uh, to plug the NCHC. We know Josh is, uh, is moving on. I told him today, I said it was really bittersweet because um, I've really gotten to know him over the last couple of years and to see him move on. But it's also the sweet part of it is he's done such a fantastic job of building this conference now it's in your hands for a little while. You ready? Oh, man, that's a lot of pressure you're putting on me there, Scott. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have a little bit of a transition period here. Uh, Josh Fenton, I think his official last day, I want to say, is like August 20th, 21st. We did extend him another week or two. We have our annual meetings down in Naples, Florida, uh, the week after, basically a week after the Frozen Four ends. Uh, so we have a week off, and then we head down to Naples, Florida, for our annual meetings as well as the AHC, American Hockey Coach Association, convention where all the head coaches from men's, women's, uh, ACHA head down there um, for their convention. So we kind of have those uh, coinciding. So Josh will be down there and helping run those. But then, yeah, he's he's kind of wrapping up and will be more or less full-time uh, with the Summit League. So we'll, we're, uh, we're in the process of hiring our new commissioner. I know our search committee is uh, meeting all the, the deadline for applications is done. Uh, search committee, I believe, is meeting next week to go through initial initial interviews. Excuse me, uh, and then a couple weeks after that, uh, our our board uh, our board of directors, which is made of our presidents and chancellors, uh, will get together. Hopefully, most of them in person, um, which is part of the problem because it's tough to get eight presidents and chancellors who have extremely busy schedules and. Um, what they would say are other more important things to worry about than finding a commissioner for their hockey conference, but which, which I totally respect. Um, so it's, it's uh, been tough finding for them to, to find a time where they can come together for kind of their final interviews when they'll conduct in-person interviews with the final, you know, two to two to four or five candidates. Um, hopefully we'll get those done uh, sometime in early May. 
um, and then have a decision. So uh, to your point, there will be three, four weeks or a month or so where we kind of won't have an, a, an official commissioner. So uh, there's some things we're working on where I'll be, I don't know if I'll officially be the acting commissioner, but uh, I may get to sign off on some finances and, and things like that. It's, it's, uh, it's a slower time, certainly in the college hockey schedule after uh, after the frozen four ends and after we have our annual meetings, you know, the month of May and June are typically a slower time. So the transition timing kind of works out, which I know Josh planned intentionally to make sure he got through the season. Um, so hopefully there won't be any, you know, major, major decisions that I need to make or any huge changes, but uh, certainly want to keep the NCHC as the top conference uh, in college hockey, both uh, on the ice, which we really have minimal control over, but our teams do a great job as Denver showed tonight. Um, as well as being continuing to, you know, showcase the conference off the ice, whether it's on social media, through our website, um, various showcase events, things like that, which, you know, Josh was really great at being innovative and in how can we showcase the conference, whether it was uh, the college hockey showdown at Madison Square Garden or the pod or things like that, where we can, you know, the spotlight is kind of on the NCHC. And so I think um, it'll be interesting you know, to see if we can kind of keep that momentum. And with the new commissioner, that's my hope is we can continue to kind of continue with these innovative ideas, new ideas, keep us at the forefront of, of college hockey and keep us as kind of a leader in, in college hockey. Well, we know one thing. We know two things. We know that there's an NCHC team playing for another national championship six straight years. Congratulations on that. And then we also know that there's probably going to be teams flooding you with applications to join now while you're the acting commissioner. <laughs> no? I, I hope not. That's that's why I'm not applying for the commissioner job is because I don't want to have to make those tough decisions. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, certainly a shifting landscape. We've had several teams uh, really within the last couple of weeks, I guess, announced between Lindenwood and Stonehill. So it's great to see college hockey expanding uh, in the east, in the Midwest. I guess you could call maybe Augustana the west a little bit, Midwest. I don't know. Um, but it's great to see uh, – all the, uh, you know, all the new programs coming about. We're getting some back in, in Anchorage and Robert Morris. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's an exciting time in college hockey. It'll be interesting to see kind of how it all plays out. I know there's a lot of speculation and, and realignment and new conferences. And uh, like I said, we'll let the new commissioner handle all, all that. I'll just I'll just make sure the bills get paid, the lights stay on, and uh, and we keep tweeting. And uh, we'll have We'll have uh, some new new website and NCHG TV updates coming up here in the next uh, oh, month or two. So that'll be something for fans to look out for here. And, uh, you know, we'll have that announcement, uh, like I said, coming up here in the next month or two. Well, we certainly appreciate your time. We certainly appreciate the partnership with you. Um, Peter Menino, if you're listening, I'm going to be the new swag guy here. Uh, I'm going after that swag because, uh, hey, I travel. I take pictures in it. I actually got asked on the uh, – I took a red eye as we were talking about getting into Boston at the wee hours this morning. I took a red eye from Denver last night into Boston, and there were certainly a lot of uh, Pioneer faithful on the plane, which was, was awesome to see out of Denver. But, yeah, I had one guy – I was wearing the, the same sweatshirt because, like I said, it hadn't slept much. So uh, I was wearing the same sweatshirt, the nice sweatshirt that you uh, – that you, you've been pumping up here. And I also had my NCHC hat and my NCHC jacket on and Denver fan. goes, Hey, where'd you get all that NCHC gear? And I said, uh, I work for the conference and he was kind of like, Oh, okay. So, uh, I don't think you're alone in thinking that the, uh, hoodies, uh, look good. But like I said, I believe they're available at, uh, on unreal's website. Uh, I believe it's shopnchc.com. So, uh, if you want to check it out, uh, I highly recommend it. There's also uh, hoodies in the same style for all of our teams. So if you want, yeah. uh, if you're, if you're a Pioneer fan and want to, uh, you know, get some gear for the championship game, I don't know that you'll have it in time, but uh, to celebrate, hopefully, a, a ch another championship, uh, all, all of our teams have that similar, very comfortable uh, style from Unreal. So they've, they've been a great partner. And as you said, it's been great to have you guys as a partner. We certainly appreciate the promotion you guys do for us and, and for NCHC TV. Okay, go get your work done now that you've had fun for uh, the better part of 40 minutes. So. <laughs> Uh, you need to get some sleep as well. I think you've been you, – you told me you slept at the airport for a little bit. At least when I got in, I went straight to my hotel and, and was able to go back to sleep for about three hours. Okay, sleep is a uh, not the right word. <laughs> I was laying there with my eyes shut for a couple of minutes, and it was in a sitting position, so I don't think that counts as sleep. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some sleep. I'll be back here tomorrow. Um, also, we will uh, tell you that uh, Minnesota State – We'll take on Denver on Saturday for the championship. Another NCHC team. I can't say that enough because the talent level in that conference is certainly the best in all of college hockey. Um, I'm going to let Michael go. I'm going to wrap things up here in about two minutes. 
and um, or three or four minutes, and then I'll come back and uh, we'll say goodnight. So, uh, Michael, thanks again for jumping in. Uh, my co-host, Paul Hornstein, couldn't stay up this late. Um, <laughs> he's getting old. <laughs> we're, we're both on Eastern time here, Paul. Come on. It's, uh, it's, it's 12, 19 a.m. my time and Eastern time. I don't have this mountain time excuse anymore. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, we'll see uh, another quick break coming up and then we'll uh, we'll say goodnight. What a, a fantastic Frozen 4 already and it's only one day old. So tomorrow we'll look forward to uh, Hobie Baker and all the other awards coming out. Of course, there's uh, you want one last word in to plug Bobby Brink for the uh, Hobie Baker? Yeah, sure. I mean, I know the vote's already in, so I don't think my uh, persuasion really matters. But uh, we will get to see two of the three uh, Hobie Hattrick uh, play for the national championship on Saturday. And Minnesota State goalie Dryden McKay and, and Denver junior Bobby Brink. And the third uh, member of the Hattrick uh, lost to Minnesota State tonight in Minnesota's Ben Myers. But I know the Gophers are heading home, which has me maybe believing that he's potentially not winning the Hobie Baker Award if they're not bothering to stick around for it. So uh, I guess that would mean it's between uh, McKay and Brink. And yeah, I mean, you got to give it to Bobby Brink. He leads the nation in scoring by a wide margin. I think he has like seven or eight more points than anyone else in the country, six more assists than anyone else, leading the country in assists per game, points per game. Uh, he's really been a catalyst for the Denver offense, which is the number one scoring offense in the country. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's just been... and and. He's really had a bounce back season. We talked about Krona having a disappointing year last year. Denver is a team having a disappointing year. I mean, he of all players, he may have had the biggest disappointing year. He went from, you know, an amazing rookie season uh, to I think just a handful of points last year. I know he was injured a little bit, but yeah, he really seemed to to struggle uh, last year. He did win a gold with the the U.S. national junior team, which was good, but um, perhaps that was part of what kind of disrupted his season. I'm not really sure, but to, to bounce back the way he has. Um, has really been great to see. Um, Dryden McKay has had an, been an amazing career. We talked about his career wins and shutouts and, and everything like that. But um, it's been a while since the goalie has won the Hobie. And so um, we'd like to, to see it uh, continue the, the trend of uh, being a position player winning it. And hopefully Bobby Brink can get the NCHC its third Hobie. Absolutely. That's Michael Weissman, the associate commissioner. Soon to be the acting commissioner, folks. So teams, if you want to join the NCHC over the next four months, just or not even that. How about the next four weeks? Just start sending in your applications. <laughs> See if he'll approve you. All right. We appreciate Michael. He's given me the quit sign. He doesn't want any part of that. So uh, we'll say uh, give us a couple of minutes, and I'll be back to wrap things up live from the bowels of a TD Garden. And I do mean, folks, this uh, level three is the ice level. So <laughs> it is, uh, it's a fun place, and uh, I appreciate everything the NCAA has done and certainly the NCHC. So, Michael, have a good night. Get the write-up done. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate having me on. Absolutely. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. 
Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, NCAA hockey fans. Indeed, it is College Hockey Southwest Live. It's another special edition as we wrap up the semifinals of the Frozen Four. Denver, a 3-2 overtime winner over Michigan, and Minnesota State, a 5-1 victor over the uh, Minnesota Gophers. Sets up a championship game, which will be Denver versus Minnesota State, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2 right here from TV Gardens in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, recapping the Denver scoring tonight, Brett Stapley got things going from Ryan Barrow and Justin Lee uh, early in the first period, uh, midway through the first period, I should say. Cameron Wright got the second Denver goal uh, from Mike Benning and Massimo Rizzo, and uh, that made it 2-1. Michigan tied it up. Thomas Borlo got that goal um, and uh, made it 2-2, sent it to overtime, and at uh, 14.53, the overtime, Carter Savoy does what Carter Savoy does, according to uh, Ryan Barrow, and that would be score goals. Uh, Carter gets the goal, Bobby Brink with a beautiful assist, and Mike Benning, uh, the second assist on that, and uh, that propels the Pioneers to the championship game. Uh, in the second game, as I mentioned, a 5-1 win for Minnesota State. Um Minnesota opened the scoring on a really strange uh, 2-on-0 from about the red line in. Uh, four or five passes between uh, Matthew Nyes and Bryce Brodzinski before Nyes finished it off. The Arizona kid gets the goal and gets Minnesota ahead 1-0. That's the way it was through the first period. Second period belonged all to Minnesota State as uh, Benton Moss got a wraparound goal um, from Lucas Souter and uh, Andre Pavel. Um, Reggie Lutz got a wraparound goal uh, from David Silla, Cilia and uh, Jake Livingstone. Um, Pavel uh, got a goal of his own on a great deflection to make it uh, 3-1. Jack McNeely, Josh Grohl with the assist. And then uh, Cilia got his goal, um, the one that uh, gave him a 4-1 lead late. Um, 13-17 to go in the game, or at the 13-17 mark of the third period from Sam Morton. Uh, Brendan Fury finished things off with an empty net goal at 18-51 to make that final 5-1. Minnesota State, the Mavericks, looking for their first NCAA championship. And, of course, the Denver Pioneers looking for number nine 
we'll do battle right here at TV Garden on uh, Saturday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, it is on ESPN2. I think it's locked there, so so nobody can change it. So uh, hopefully there will be no uh, conundrums like we dealt with tonight. But uh, congratulations to both the Mavericks and the Pioneers. It takes an awful lot to get to this point in the uh, the season um, with uh, – all the teams and all the competition, it just keeps getting better and better. So it's going to be a great championship game. Tomorrow is the awards uh, capped off by the Hobie Baker Awards, and I'll be here for you on that. And then tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Paul Hornstein and myself will join you to uh, do another special edition, wrap up uh, the awards, and preview the championship game. And then, of course, we'll be on again live Saturday night after the uh, – the championship game is completed. So uh, my thanks again to Michael Weissman for joining me tonight, being my guest host. And uh, we will talk to you all again tomorrow night. Have a good night, everybody. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mass College Hockey Southwest Live on the IcetimeHockeySW.com network has been brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you are looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs. 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style, available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury Inns and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Jets Pizza. Go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. And by M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com to see which M-Drive formula is for you. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IceTimeSW.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Wow, even in a sleep, Paul Hornstein sounds good. Uh, we'll say goodnight, everybody, with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro, and ask you to join us tomorrow night at our normal time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, as we break down the uh, – the award winners and to preview the national championship game live from Boston, Massachusetts. Good night, everybody. Hey.